last topic we're going to cover and explore is emotional integration. As we touched on before, when, I mean, as you're well aware, as you go about whatever you're doing in your world, then um, shit happens. And uh, things come up and our state changes and we can end up in states where if we approach it through the mind, an ordinary man does, then we don't doesn't go anywhere. We either end up sort of blurting out a whole lot of stuff or squashing down a whole lot of stuff. We're either sort of sitting on it or spitting on it and um, yet never really just feeling it. And we can go through all sorts of intellectual work around... uh, um, what we think our emotional issues are. Yet if it's happening mostly at the head level, then in the subconscious it tends to just still stay there in the body. And because a lot of the time most people aren't really in their body, they just quietly don't realize it's even still there. And um, yet that has its impact on their life because that body is needed to as I explained in the in the point of view of Huna, it's through the body that, that you get the connection to the spirit mind and it's also through the body that you're gathering up all the life force, that the stuff of the earth, the chi, the prana, the matter, to for this whole co-creative process to go on. And um, and that co-creative process gets tainted or corrupted or, or qualified by whatever's been stashed away in the body. So we end up experiencing then a reality that reflects to us something other than our intention and our our intention in our heart of hearts is is invariably to simply to, to manifest and express the magnificence that we are there's, there's nothing else that fulfills us any more than that and, and to co-share in that with, with the magnificence of others so we end up with um, an experience that doesn't reflect that it doesn't accurately re- represent that to us we keep getting represented with something else and that something else is whatever it is we've stashed away in the body mind in the tissues that we haven't just allowed ourselves to feel um, I don't know exactly why we've gone so far in the direction of not feeling what there is to feel it doesn't really matter why. It's just, you know, I've just spent a lot of time looking at how does this work, what's going on, what's happening inside us, and uh, how does that happen. And then once we know what and how, we can change those two things. We can't change why, so there's really no point in worrying about it. And, and we can't even really know the why until you're fully God-conscious and plugged consciously back into the whole of creation. You'll never know why. Because life is... So until you're experiencing the, the full totality of life, you won't know why anything is really happening. Because you, we don't have all the information at hand. It's like being a private investigator and you've only got a, a few of the facts and you're trying to figure out you know, why all this happened. And, and even knowing why doesn't actually aid anything. It doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't achieve anything. And we can get very intellectually caught up in, in wondering why, why did this happen to me, why now, why this, why that, what have I done, why, why am I creating this, da di da da and we'll never find an answer that satisfies us, because we'll never really know why, not at a head level, we can just feel the isness of what is, and that's the why, because life is, this is consciousness unfolding. So as we come back into just allowing ourselves to feel, then again, a bit like the practice, I talked about sort of the active, intentional practice of a yoga practice, and then the more passive practice of what's just being present to what's happening day to day. Exactly in the same way with with the emotional energy that's compacted into this body and gone into some sort of stasis, uh, a holding pattern, and then we experience that holding pattern because outside it feels like our life is on hold. You know, we have this feeling of what's to be and how it is, but it's like it's someone pushed the pause button. 
and there's a bit of static coming in here and there, but the general theme of it seems to be on pause a lot of the time. Um, or we end up with one of those you know, new fancy TVs where you've got the little screen showing over the big screen, and they're kind of busy, but the main screen, which is sort of the main theme, is on hold. And we're just watching these little, here's the little sports flash, and there's the news flash here. And, but the main image is, is frozen. Um, and people, most people know the frustration of that feeling that, that something has to happen. Um, so my observation is that it's, it's purely just getting back to feeling whatever there is in the body. When we feel, we heal. When we heal, we get back to what is real. Mm. And I even spell the word feel with an A as a simple reminder that it's feeling with awareness and attention and less emotion. Not getting so caught up. If we've got double emotion, double E, we kind of get caught up in the story of it all and get fixated on the story of it all, which is just a product of our mind, what we make of it all. Whereas if we just get to some of the energy and then with awareness, with attention and feel that way, then, then we're always in that process of, of uh, feel for me came about as an acronym for something that popped into my awareness when I was meditating as a teenager before school one morning and uh, I kept getting this thing popping in forever expanding awareness it just popped in and I was writing on everything I had graffiti on my pencil case it was just all over the show and then some years later when I'm in Switzerland meditating up in the Alps for, I was up there for some months and again, this, this suddenly started popping in. I was like, oh, here's that. Okay, cool. And then I kept feeling that there's, there's another letter here to spell something. What is it? And uh, as aware, it became aware that it spelled feel, forever expanding awareness in love, or forever expanding awareness in liberation, a, a liberating experience of, of this expansion of awareness. And that that's the best description I can give to the whole purpose of all that is, that there's this evolving awareness. And... Um, through consciousness unfolding there's this awareness arising and that is a great mystery that we probably can't explain but one can experience it and feel it so if we're willing to feel with more awareness than with full awareness then we're constantly engaged in forever expanding awareness and liberation we become a living experience of that Mm -hmm. rather than some other story that we, we make up and really that's become the essence of everything I'm sharing is that we just get back to feelings. Below all the emotions, but we've got to go through and feel those and how they stir us up. So with a with all that energy that gets packed away, in a sense, as we'll explore and I finish the story, it's 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 like we have this life stream. There's that stream, that great scintillating river that comes from the mountains to the castle providing the power for that wheel to go around these wheels chakras just means wheels these wheels upon wheels for them to go around which gives us the energy for that castle to function and that tower is our capacity to have eagle vision as they would say in in Native American point of view that we're able to go up in that tower which is our own higher awareness and and look down over our kingdom and get a, a sense of perspective on what's going on because when we're right down on the ground on the, in the midst of it all, often we lose perspective. So it's that eagle vision, that, that capacity in us to become the witness that we then, we then get a clear overview. Oh, okay, this is what's happening here. And that's how it's going on. Okay, and then, then we, we're in a position to do something about it, to be with it in a, in a fuller way. We can participate in that in whatever way we so choose. Mm-hmm. Question, because I think this is really critical for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the real difference between emotion and feeling. For example, sadness, that would be an emotion for you, not a mm-hmm. feeling. Am I right? Am I getting this right? So you got to get to the feeling. Can you give me like a, another word for it would be knowing? Knowingness, okay. A felt sense okay. within the body. All right. Intuition. So that's feeling. Well, just as you right now can can put your full attention in your hand and start to feel the nature of your hand. There's a feeling there. Initially, it'll be quite physical. You might be feeling the. the, the, You might be feeling the tension. All life is a sense. This is a sensational experience we're having. 
Life is sensational. So it's it's these things arise in the body. When we have a flash of insight, it arises through a subtle vibration that pulses through the body. And and we can be attuned to that. Um so it's more subtle. It's our capacity. it's like as the example I gave on Friday mm-hmm. night. When when you know you you're just kind of feeling so and so, David or Michael or whatever, and then you'd maybe even talk about him to a friend and then the phone rings and that's he's there. If you track that back, it'll come back to just a subtle feeling that you emotionally then associate or, or energetically associate with, with that person. So then you start emoting and thinking and maybe even verbalizing, and next thing you know, they're calling. And it may have, that original feeling may have happened because they're sitting there thinking about calling you. Maybe you had some issues with them and you haven't spoken to them in three years. So what you start feeling, what well, after that subtle feeling, you start demoting, and then it's like all the story comes up around what an asshole he is. And he's sitting there kind of humming and hoeing about calling you because he's just done some workshop where it says, you know, you need to ring up people and forgive them. And uh, so he... He gives you a call, and um, but before that, he's probably really intensively focused on you, and you're feeling that. You don't emote that. You don't think that. You feel it. It's just a knowing, and you may not even realize that you're feeling it until you start having these emotions, and suddenly you're kind of emoting your whole story around that person, and then, as I said, you start thinking about him, and, okay, he really was an asshole. Um, and then you're talking to so-and-so about him, and, uh, and then Bengi phones up and says, Hi, it's me. I'm, you know, I want to I apologize for what I did three years ago. Or whatever the case may be. I've elaborated it, embellished it. But, um, so that's a feeling. We've got to go th- through, or, or the thinking's there, the emoting's there, but we're just simply moving our attention. And again, the easiest way to do that is we've already been given the, the path is just follow the path of the breath. And when we're breathing fully, that path of the breath takes us all the way down here. And we follow that path of the breath and then we can be present to what we're feeling. And um, so a lot of the reason we don't go down here or we, we have a very messy way of dealing with the world, quite a dysfunctional one, is that it's, it's in here that we're storing the stories around our human experience, around survival, um, sexuality, um, the tribe, all the religious stuff we take on. Um, then then we move into second energy center. We're, we're moving into sort of a more interpersonal dynamic with family and beloved and, and whatever that ends up becoming and children. And we, we create our sort of nucleus. And then as we move up into here, we start getting a sense of that that's where we start getting a feeling of the the most basic expression of the I, this sense of independence, that there's an independent me. We didn't have that so much in tribal cultures. I mean, even in Asia today, if, if a child dies when it's born, it's not a big deal. They don't have that same sense of importance on the individual is like the be-all and end-all of everything, and oh my God, it's, we're going to mourn for the next 20 years because my baby died. It's kind of like, let's get on with life, we'll have another one. Because they have they have a different sense of value around that. So in our culture, we've gone very strongly into, you know, we've moved up into here and now very much moving into here. And hence, the stuff that worked down here, like monogamous, um, fixed relationships that go on and on and on, and we're entered into completely unconsciously out of a need to fulfill my fears and my survival instincts and all the rest of it, and to be able to be independent from the tribe. In the heart space, a lot of that just doesn't work. Because it doesn't have any of that story. It's just there loving. And that's it. And and with that love, the, again, the interest of that love is, is just to incorporate and be inclusive. And if something else starts manifesting out of my unknown and entering into my world, and that happens to be another person that, mm-hmm. from that heart space, I just know I've got there's something I need to experience there. There's something that needs to be completed with that. Oomph, you've now got marriage breakups and this and that. And doo, 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 doo. Hence all the institutions that were based around these energy centers start breaking apart. You know, financial institution, marriage institution, religious institution. Um, they're all coming to pieces and going into chaos. 
because we're moving we're moving beyond that and as as we open into this that also enables us our spirit to incarnate more fully as was pointed out before it's by it's by approaching all this and all that's there through the quality of the heart that we're then able to be accepting and compassionate just as a mother is to that newborn child rather than if we're if we're only approaching it from here, because we've kind of got this this, this two-way thing happening. It's like a two-way street running right through us. And, and at any given moment, some people will experience that they're kind of going this way, that they're having a very earthy sort of a thing going on and experience life and all the rest of it. And then they start opening up to more and more a sense of themselves, and maybe they get into sort of personal empowerment things, kind of third chakra stuff. And eventually, as they start opening into their heart, and then they start awakening to, to, to the spirit that's also on the process of descension, they might still be orientated in that direction, and they'll feel like they're, they're, they're kind of rising to the heavens, that my spiritual path is this whole thing of transcending the human experience. Yet from another point of view of the, this descension that's taking place, mother and father coming together, mater, matter, mother, same word, and, and spirit, coming down that there's also that process and they're both happening at the same time simultaneously and it just depends on where your attention is how you will experience that so for me it's it's always very much been a process of incarnating i felt my whole life like i'm just here to incarnate that that did not happen at birth there's just a spark of me and there's so much more that it's it's almost unbearable to get it all into this body that that's what i'm here to do Whereas for other people, I know they've got no sense of that. What the hell are you on about? I'm, I'm trying to check out. You know, life's kind of tough. I want to have this spiritual experience. And so we have these, it just depends on where we're emphasizing our, our journey. And, and neither is better or worse. It's the same journey. So as that awakening is happening through these centers in our mass consciousness, it's that opening of the heart space that also allows those of us that have had a lot of mental development and activity to to start approaching all the emotion and the stories that are here in a way that, that is the approach of the heart. If we just kind of skip that, you know, which is most psychology, okay, here's my thinking brain, here's all my emotions, let's analyze it, let's break it down, let's separate it into lots of little bits, and this was that, and your father did this when you were a child, and that's caused this, and da 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 And it doesn't go anywhere because we're still not just feeling it. And life is a felt experience. It's something we experience through the body, through feeling. And the feeling is going back to the body, going back to the breathing, going back to the things that we, we are doing. Yeah. So everything we're bringing to the yoga practice is immediately applicable to, to whatever you experience. To, to, to use the breath as a means of engaging consciously, co-participating in the body, and then feeling, just as you can you know, be stretching here, and I feel that tension... I feel that point of resistance rather than trying to push my way through it and see how whether I can lick my toes or not. Who who cares? It's more this is what's happening right now. And and that sensation by being present to it, I'm literally awakening my awareness into the body. And as that becomes a bodily experience which then changes our biochemistry, changes our neurology, then whatever we've got going on out here, whatever seems to be coming up with this thing and that thing and relationships and all the rest of it, we, we will then you'll find you'll habitually just have the same approach. That rather than flipping out into sort of stories and dramas and reactions and buying into the other person's flipping out, that you'll just find you're just very present to it. Breathing, feeling, and just as that's all we need to do to raise the most magnificent children is just to be present to them. There's nothing to teach them. They know everything, and then we lay all this crap over them and wonder why they're so stupid and do such stupid stuff, mm. when really they're all geniuses, they're all absolutely magnificent, they're all masters of this universe, they're gods and goddesses incarnated, and we create some other little thing that ends up being this dysfunctional adult that spends the next 40 years trying to sort its shit out. Mm. And we lay that onto them. Mm-hmm. Just as we take a seed, there's nothing I can teach that seed. It's already whole and complete. It's a complete package. All I've got to do is be attentive to it, which is the attention of giving it some moisture, ideally the moisture from your mouth if it's going to be plants you're growing, because it'll take in that information and start orientating itself. As I said, all life is orientating towards greater and greater expressions of life. So that seed, 
man is a fairly great expression of life. And, and that realm of plants and nature will happily serve that if he, she is willing to cooperate. And the first moment of cooperation in planting that garden is that I can soak that seed in my own saliva and she'll absorb that and take on that information and say, oh, this is man. I can serve that. And plant that in the ground and just give it the water that it needs and that's it. As long as we put it in fertile soil. And we can't teach it anything. Although, I mean, we try. We're now genetically pulling this bit of code out of here and plugging it in there and thinking that we know better. Yet every time we've done that on a macro level, it's chaos. We then experience the pain of that. You know, in New Zealand, the number of plants that are taking over the native forest because they thought it would be a good idea to bring that plant from here, stick it here, it might be the same use. Oh, whoops, the climate's different. Mm. Holy moly, it's growing like a massive weed. It was just a little bush. And we're now doing that with stuff that we can't even see. We've still got the same ignorance that we somehow know a better design. We've got all the examples saying that we don't know, that every time we've tried this, it's completely screwed things up and, and undone the balance, which the earth is then having to constantly rebalance and find ways to adjust because she lovingly will. Um, so it's the same with, with our own feelings and emotions that we can't, there's nothing to, to analyze just as with that child, you can't analyze it. It's just born. There's, there's, some, there's no thought around it. Although a lot of parents these days have so much stuff that they've been taking on of all this fear and all the rest of it, and it's now a hospital experience. It's a medical phenomena, something we've been doing since day one. Suddenly it's a disease and it's a big problem, and 60% of women are just giving, let's just opt out and have cesarean, thank you very much, and then I can book it and fit it in with my schedule and you know, it's, it's it's absolutely insane, but that's what's going on in the world. So it's like, well, all that aside, when we get back to just natural birthing, where there's just mother, father, and midwife, and midwife is only there to be present, just to hold a space, and if necessary, to, to lend an assisting hand, but only if necessary, that, that she has nothing to do other than just to hold that space and let them know that it's safe, this is okay. I've been here, and therefore it's not so unknown to me. Um, that in that kind of birthing situation, then when that child comes, there's nothing to do except to, to, to bring it to the mother's breast and let it feed. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to think about that. I don't have to start thinking about how do I produce milk. It's just there. It's already taken care of, usually. Yeah. So, in the same way with, with all this energy, this life force, whether it's the life force of a seed or the life force of a baby or the life force of my own my own being flowing into this form and, and how I'm experiencing that, exactly the same principle applies. I, I only have to be lovingly present, to be present through the heart. The heart is that capacity in man that can embrace and encompass all. It doesn't divide, it, it encompasses. That's why we have these two hands. And when you wrap them around and embrace things, they come together. And, and all of this is symbolic. And even the word hand, you've got H and the word and. And means to include. This and that. Heart, and, and you, anyone? <laughs> so, um, in terms of then what we're talking about of emotional integration. So, so when feelings come up, I'm sorry, when emotions come up, Get to the feeling means to be present to the emotion because it's not like we're not going to have emotions. Let's be real; that's part yeah. of the human experience. So, when emotions come up, get to the feeling means just be present. With Allow yourself to feel it. Just be with it. Basically. You don't have to make anything of it. Be with it. A story will probably already arise because you would have formulated that story whenever. Some drama, some mental process, whatever you could describe or put into words or spew out at someone or yeah. get all tangled up about or whatever. That's the story that we, we, we create. We're writing the script. Yeah. Those are thoughts, though. To mm-hmm. me, those are not feelings. Those are oh, thoughts. No, but that'll come up. Yeah. The, the two are inseparable. Okay. When people start emoting, they mm-hmm. start creating stories. And they either put that out as a drama on the world and whatever, anything you can give thought to. So it's getting under all that, just letting that be, just as when you're sitting in meditation, thoughts come, so what? It doesn't matter. The thoughts are the very thing that enable you to get more present. You don't have to fight them. 
that every moment you notice that, oh, I've just drifted off into some thought process, some story, and my intention was just to be here now, well, that moment of realizing that, there's an awareness. And that awareness is what we're being present with. That if I'm getting really angry and feeling all stewed up about something, I can either repress that and kind of have, you know, and there'll be a story. Oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Well, spiritual people don't feel anger. Or, you know, that's not a good way to feel. Bloody, bloody, blah, whatever. There'll be some story, something that you think about, some belief. And then there'll be a reaction, and it's either going to be one of suppressing it or expressing it. They're both the same thing. Both are a form of denial. Both are denying me the experience, the raw living experience of that aspect of my life force as it's currently qualified. So I don't need to do either. You know, some people get very flying off the handle all over the place. They're in exactly the same holding pattern as someone who just sits on everything and, and... Stiff up a lip, good old English way of living. And they're doing the same thing. So in between those two options, is, is in the middle, is just, just feeling it. And for a lot of people, they've never tried that. And what would happen if I just actually just felt this? And, and maybe it's wild and it's outrageous and... Right, it's not going to kill you. It's only your own life force. Your own life force can't kill you because you are that. So we can just be with it and then through that presence, just as being present to that child or present to that seed or present to anything else in life, it, it nature is already pre-programmed. It knows what to do. So that life force knows what to do. It, it'll, Like all life, it'll start reorientating towards a greater and greater expression of life. So at the moment it's being expressed as anger and this tension and frustration and it's toxifying my liver and all the rest of it. When I'm present to it, that awareness is like a light going on in a dark room. There's no battle. We don't have to fight with it. Just as the light doesn't have to fight its way across the room and start pushing the darkness out the door. It's just, it's on. And that, that's the awareness. The light goes on. And then we we're able to then whatever comes up, comes up. It might be images, it might be memories, it might be stories, it might be more feelings. Again, you just be with it all. You don't have to turn it into anything. You don't have to walk away with something you can describe to someone. It's just purely the experience. And that energy becomes integrated. And that's emotional integration. We literally integrate our own being into the body. And we, through integrating, we incarnate and step into the flesh, then we're here. And then we can consciously co-create this dream. We're all dreaming up this world, and and there's a lot about it that's quite painful and horrific. Mm. Once we're fully present and in the body, when father and mother have come together and this son-daughter is birthed, which is you, that Christ presence, or whatever name you want to give to it, then we we can dream up whatever we want. It can be something quite magnificent. I mean, all the heavens are available to us in every moment. And yet we overlay that with a thin veil of some other story. So our mind is all the time making reality into what it is. Um, So, everything we've been doing with the yoga, then you can apply to to emotion. And that can be day-to-day as things come up. It might also be that you're aware that there's certain stuff I've been sitting on or things that have come up recently or something that kind of keeps happening with this person or that person or with this memory or that memory. And just as you give yourself that space to do some practice, you can then also give yourself to practice this with those feelings and just lie down somewhere or sit down, whatever works for you. We, we went over the cleansing breath where there's that integrative breath where it's just... I won't go into describing it all again now, which just simply facilitates a more easy flow of the energy that it doesn't go into holding patterns. It tends to enliven and and come more into being. And then it's just going with that and just feeling. And no matter how freaky it might seem to get, no matter how painful it appears to to your thinking mind, you'll pop through. And, And you don't have to avoid it. You don't have to do anything with it. There's nothing to do. 
life is. And that includes you. And then you just test that out. Don't take my word for it. Try it out. See what happens. And it's just going into that felt sense. So such and such a thing is going on in my world or something I remember. Someone I really still feel a lot of mm, towards. It's like, well, I, I can get into the story of that, but you've probably been doing that for years. So just get back to engage. You can use that story to engage you with the feeling. If it's kind of been really squashed, you can get into that story for a bit. Oh, well, da-da-da, he did this and da-da-da-da-da. And then as the feelings start to emerge, then just go there, just as you would in the yoga, and just be present to that. And breathe your way through it, and that energy integrates. And then it's then it's truly gone in the sense that it's just like taking that drop of water and dunking it in the ocean. It's integrated. There's no that single drop and whatever it was containing is, is gone. It's it's now just a part of that totality you call you. And it's part of what you now live with. As opposed to the other dynamic is where these stories are playing out in the subconscious. Mm. That takes life force. Mm. So so for most of us Whatever we've got, all these unresolved stories that we'll talk in terms of time, it's a bit of a myth, but let's just say that time is the way we perceive it. These past things that have happened, in reality it's all happening right now, but let's just go into the time thing, it's easier to get our head around. That here's this past stuff, going way back to whenever, for some people they include all the past lives and everything. All of that is requiring your life force. It's like you get given a, a thousand units of energy in the day and, you know, it takes a hundred just to maintain your story around the abuse you had from your father. It takes another two hundred for the, all the bullies you had at school that you've still got stories running around. And then there's, you know, so it's like we're maintaining all these bank accounts with distributing all this money and then when it comes to actually creating and dreaming into being the magnificence of what we are and what we're here to experience, there's nothing left. We generally eventually go into debt. Once we go into debt at a psychic level, that energy has to come from somewhere. So it starts getting drawn out of the body. It starts getting pulled out of the matter because there's a certain amount of life force just to animate this so that it's not just elements and dirt. And it starts drawing from there. And then the physical body starts to break down and life being what it is, it will just dissolve that and return it to the earth and release you and you know the whole thing unfolds again. Okay. Um, you know, as a, as teachers, you know, right from the very beginning, I think as parents and then as teachers and whatever, um, we unconsciously, I think, as parents, if a child comes to you with a hurt or the bully or whatever, mm-hmm. we're trained in the old way to say, "Well, tell me your story. What happened?" what happened at school, what happened at home. And so what happens is the child tells the story. Then the parent <coughs> says, oh, you poor thing. Well, we'll do something about it. So it takes the responsibility of the child. It takes it away from them. So it, so what's happening with us is that it's easier to blame somebody than to take responsibility within ourselves. Is that kind of... Mm-hmm. Like if we have to go into our own... Let's say we're angry... And we go into our emotion, I'm angry, and I'm okay, now I feel, then I can no longer say, Well, you did that to me. Mm-hmm. We have to take full responsibility for it happening to us. For the emotion. For the consequence that you're experiencing. Right. And I mean, in Huna, they would say mm-hmm. that responsibility lies with the bearer of the consequence. Right. So if I'm having a consequence, if I'm experiencing a consequence, then I have the ability to respond. I'm responsible. Okay. I'm able to take responsibility. Right. Where in previous, uh, I'm trained in psychotherapy, so in previous, in the training I've had, it's like, okay, well, to the client, you know, well, let's talk about your childhood. Um, where did you get that same feeling when you were a child? Oh, when my mother did this or whatever. Okay, so you wouldn't go there. You would just go to what's present right now doesn't matter what happened in childhood. If it matters, it'll it'll come up. It'll come up. And again, you just stay present with that. That we don't have to go into analyzing it. 
that if that's what comes up and all sorts of visions and images and things can come up but again it's just staying with that felt sense in the body and it'll it'll if, if you need to consciously understand something about all this that that's significant that that's an important part of you being what you're going to be in this world that you have a conscious understanding of kind of how all that worked then then you're going to get a lot of conscious information but it's it's not that we're consciously processing it we're just staying with the feeling and the body will talk and show you whatever there is to show you but your whole attention is just on on the body on the feeling that's arising the felt sense that's there and whatever else needs to happen will happen can I just follow up because it's very connected to where I was going with this it's clear what to do when my stuff comes up when a child comes up to you and says I'm really sad so if I'm coming from yoga of the heart it's, it's okay just, just feel your sadness just you know that's okay yeah, you can be sad and, and hold the space for them to just be with their feelings if that feels if that feels most life giving at the time, then 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 yeah. But I mean, because your I'm not being say is, that's your story. Well, I your can get being will be taking in. No. So let's get real. I'm not going to say to this no. kid, no. "That's your no, story." Sure. No. I can say that to myself, Fernanda. That's your story because I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm trying to apply this to a very real situation. Mm-hmm. A child will come up to you. They will be hurting, like Louise said. I want to come from yoga of the heart. I don't want to feed into the story. I don't want to start analyzing, like you said, and thicken the plot. But I, I don't want to just totally, like, what? I, I don't know. Am I supposed to detach and say, oh, well, you know, that's your story? No, I don't think I'm Just ask yourself, whatever you're thinking of doing, is this a path with heart? And, and moment to moment, you'll then, to whatever degree you're open in your heart, you'll make choices that reflect that. It's hypothetical, yeah, it as is your whole life and reality, mm-hmm. for me right now. Mm-hmm. So it's just simply, well, at the bottom line, is if is this is this with heart? Is this a path with heart? Mm-hmm. And the heart again is that inclusive. So you know, saying for instance to the child, well, that's just your story. Well, I'm not being inclusive anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm now analyzing, going into my mind, and splitting things apart. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. It may be that all that child wants is. From what I understand from psychology, as my mother taught it to me as a child, was that children just want to know that you know that it hurts. And when that child falls over and then starts crying and says it hurts, and then they oh, you'll be all right, you'll be all right, that's the last thing they want to hear. Because now you're not including the fact that this is what's going on for them, that this really hurts. And that the fastest way to bring them back around to just feeling themselves is, yeah, that must really hurt. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's all they want you to know. But this is what I'm experiencing, and it's intense. Mm-hmm. And it's so intense, I don't quite know how to deal with it yeah. just within myself. Yeah. So I'm including you in the picture. Yeah. And then we turn around and say, well, it's not intense. And they're like, but it is bloody intense. Mm-hmm. And then we eventually convince them it isn't, and one way or another they end up, whenever they have intense experiences, they kind of trick themselves into not feeling the intensity of them. Because mum and dad said, this isn't intense, this doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And on that process goes. So in terms of using emotional clearing as a practice, there's clearing with others, there's clearing with yourself, and clearing with, with whatever your past appears to be. And again, a lot of that can happen moment to moment, just by being present to life. And a certain amount of that can happen, as just as you have a yoga practice and do certain practices that when you notice that certain things are consistently there, there's certain feelings that are running which seem to be in a holding pattern, it's not a natural buoyant flow, or the body's feeling stuck, is that you can be with that. We've touched on the idea of of eagle vision, having that that sight of the eagle, which is simply our capacity to, to connect in with spirit mind, with that presence and, and the witness, or whatever you want to call it, where, where you, you're then looking out over your kingdom, over your realm, and, and just getting a sense of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And without that, if, if someone walks in the room and starts hurling abuse at me, and they've got some big story they're playing out, and I'm kind of just only got the vision of sort of this level, then it's, it's 
and I'm not feeling particularly present. I'm like ordinary man and kind of jump around all over the place and take things very personally. So I start taking their dream about me personally, which, you know, logically is a bit mad because they're dreaming their dream. Mm. And I'm not responsible for what they dream about me. It's, it's their dream. And, and I can be present to it, but if I start taking it all on board and freaking out about it, and then we get in this sort of this energy game, and at that point, from my perspective, both of those souls have just checked right out. And the malu that I talked about, they mentioned in Huna, these life-taking spirits, they're just, they're just having fun, playing mischief, creating painful situations until we get present and feel that pain. But again, we tend to go into analyzing it. Oh, well, I'm feeling this because da 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 rather than just feeling it. The malu, the life, those life-taking spirits, as they call them in ancient Hawaii, are there to, as an ally to... to Bring our attention back. That, that, poof, we can be here and feel this. Wow, this is really painful. How does that feel? Where do I feel that? And then just going into it and everything unfolds, everything integrates. And then that malu and its function is done and, and they'll take off. They'll go elsewhere. So, with the, that sense of the witness and that, that vision, the perspective that it gives us, then a lot of that's less likely to happen. For a start, when that person walks in and starts hurling whatever their story is at me, from that point of eagle vision, I can see it's, it's almost like a comedy playing out. Or here comes Joe with his drama, and I might even be feeling... I mean, for me, I, I feel pretty much what most people are going through and why they're going through it and how and what's led to it. It's only from that, that connection in the body and that sense of presence looking over things. It's like, ah, oh, you know, he's just had a big thing with someone da, 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 now he's stewing and now he's saw my underpants on the floor and didn't like it because I'm always leaving them on the floor <laughs> in he comes and he's freaking out at me and it's like wow it's quite a drama going on here rather than whoa this feels really dramatic it's like <laughs> okay okay what, what's what's the most life-giving way for me to approach this how can I cooperate with this person in a way that's intelligent in a way that's life-giving and, and that may be, you only know in that moment. It might be to send him out of the room. Perhaps he's just freaking out. It's like, Joe, listen, I really appreciate where you're coming from. And for me, I'd like, I'd like you to relate to me in a way that's life-giving. Because only then do I really feel I can cooperate with you and, and we can honor each other's magnificence. Until you're ready to relate to me that way, I'd prefer it if you stayed outside. And, and when you're ready, let me know. I'm right here. I love you to bits. And the end of story, I don't have to get into that drama. And he hasn't been invalidated. He's perfectly able to keep dreaming up his story about life. And he knows that I'm right here. And when he's ready to check back in and, and to get present with himself, here we are. Let's, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Cells vibrating. <laughs> when we're in the body and present with it, it's a celebration. The cells literally vibrate with the resonance of our spirit. And life becomes a moment-to-moment -moment celebration. The body is ec ecstatic. If you go into these tissues, they're blissful. They're absolutely blissful. They're not like some sort of flash-in-the-pan orgasm sort of a phenomenon. It's, it's a constant state of bliss going on here all the time. We just have to give our attention to it if we want to participate in that. Jonathan, if you said that to somebody who has not understood or is learning or... Um, and let's say it's a friend that you don't know, or that knows you. Well, okay, that, for instance, this is new for uh, for me. Um, and you said that, what you said, you know, I'd like to be what? I forget, you said it so quickly. Oh, when people come in with their, their stories about stuff? Yeah. Um, let's say a friend having an argument. Well, whatever's, whatever's true that. for you. See, for me, if I'm going to bring love down to the most pragmatic level, this very nebula, objectiveless, all-embracing state. If, if we ground that into the human experience and say, well, what, is, what does this mean at a tangible level? The best definition I can find, which comes from a long lineage of people who have explored this topic, is that it's intelligent cooperation. Intelligent simply being 
that original intent, that, that quality of being or of life that is orientating towards that which is life-giving. So it's cooperating in a way that's life-giving. Because from my point of view, there's no good and bad. There's no right and wrong. These are just more stories we come up with. But in the relative scheme of things, as we experience relativity, there's that which is life-taking and that which is life-giving. The, the deeper experience of that is that it's all life. If we just see life spread out here like a, a stream flowing that way, well, this is, this is life-giving relative to that. They're both life. Killing someone is, as much, is, is life. It's an experience of life. It just happens to be more life-taking than loving them and stroking them and feeding them. But they're both life. Neither is right or wrong. And as a, as a divine being, my nature is life-giving. I'm a creator. Therefore, I'm, I'm going to always be orientating towards that which is life-giving. So intelligent cooperation then is simply cooperating with that person or with life itself or whatever, anything you can perceive in a way that's, that's life-giving. So when, that, when you're in relationship with that person, for instance, it's a moment-to-moment thing. That, that as one approaches life from that place of the heart and of spirit and knowing that I am, then rather than getting caught up in the dramas, we can simply... we can see what's happening. We can then respect what's happening. As I said on Friday, to respect. Spect is to see. It's vision. So to respect is to look again. So initially I see the world, the experience through my human eyes. If I'm going to really pay respect to what's happening, then I'm going to look again. I'm going to take another look with, with an even grander vision, whatever it is I can muster up in that moment. And from that place of absolute respect, it's then, okay, well how can I intelligently cooperate with this? And it may be that there's something I can say. There may be a question I can ask. As an example, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, I mean, I've been in relationships with people where you know stuff comes up for them and the person's saying to me, you know, you make me feel so da-di-da-di-da. And they're really caught up in that idea that, you know, you did this and it's making me feel da-da-da-da. And sometimes I just say to them, where do you feel that? And in that moment, they're back to their body. Because at the moment, they're, they're projecting out that I'm making them feel something, and they're like, well, where, where specifically do you feel that? And immediately they're like, Eep. story stops, brain freeze. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I feel it here in my body. Am I in there? No. So how specifically am I causing you to feel that inside your body? And in that moment, that's it. That's for... For many people, is enough. And they've dropped back into the body. They've dropped back to the reality. The reality is that I'm feeling this energy in my body. And that's where it is. And, it, and that's of consequence to me. So I'm responsible for that. Okay, could you do more of that? Because, like, this is concrete this is for me. Real this is very real. Us. Okay, to give examples of, mm-hmm. you know, of speaking. Because mm-hmm. this, this is a new language now. Well, now we're going into a whole other retreat that's purely on the art of intelligent cooperation. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you so, I mean, this is something we can explore for days and, and right. bringing up people's yeah. situations and stories no, and sharing other perspectives and other ways of, of approaching these things. No, I understand but, uh, that, but still, you've left us So, you give me something where, concrete and I'll give you a perspective on it. How about like in a family where, for example, it's easy to say, well, you know, I don't have to get into that person's stuff because, you know, they don't really need to be in my life. But this is very concrete. Uh, if you have like somebody in your family, like intelligent cooperation for me, cooperation implies. I mean, I can be intelligent. That that's how I want to cooperate. But it takes two. If the other person is not into intelligent mm-hmm. cooperation, then what do I do? I basically wait till they possibly might die, and you know what? They might never be ready to come around. But I want to follow the path with heart. You with me? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to be in that space with that person whether they're ready to play that game right. or not, I want to play that game. So, how, for example, concrete suggestion. Without thinking case like that, Without being, feeling that every time you walk into that person's space, you're getting beaten up again. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's very real. Like how to stand in your power, be in your power, mm-hmm. without pushing that person out, and at the same time not getting 
That's whatever. I think, yeah. I think other people understand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Then That's I'm what he said. Too many words. Mm -hmm. Too many words. And then I think he did say how. Just to kind of bring them back into themselves. No, that no, 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 you're, you're not dealing with people you. that are sane. Yeah, you're, you're dealing with people that would be throwing knives at you. I'm not exactly. Well, then, Fernanda, Fernanda, that would be Fernanda, just come down into your body. Okay, like please, yeah. no, breathe now. Okay, breathe. We're that feel that yourself. Is in the space of like you're not all da when that's not the reality. Feel your body and stop talking for a moment, please. Okay, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It's all happening in here. Mm. But what I'm talking about mm -hmm. when it happens. I'm not listening. I'm just feeling something that just happens in here. I would be asking myself at a feeling level. How is it that I end up in a situation where I feel the need to be constantly exposed to someone who's throwing knives at me and no, trying no, to kill I'm me? I'm and I'm going, I'm going with the exaggeration. Well, I'm talking about a child in a situation like that. Did they have the need to come into the world to be exposed to that? Is that what you're saying? I don't who who are we talking about now? Are we talking about you in your life or someone else in their life? No, I'm talking about, what do you mean? I'm not sure you've started talking about a child. And anybody in that situation. This doesn't have to be about me. This is real. There are but let's keep it about you because that's all that you can be responsible for. And as that overflows and extends out into the world, so be it. If we're going to go into hypothetical mm -hmm. thought, mm -hmm. mental masturbation about what might happen out there, mm -hmm. you will do that for the rest of eternity mm -hmm. because the mind is magnificently creative. Mm -hmm. It's got infinite capacity to dream up every possible configuration of whatever you can imagine, whether it's hell or heaven. And it will never stop. And if that's been your way of not simply being totally in the body and feeling whatever it is that they're to feel, so be it. And there's another possibility that doesn't require jumping out. Well, what a boom, 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 boom. Moment to moment, just stay with what's really happening. Moment to moment. Because what else have you got? Mm -hmm. The rest is just a machination in the mind. And we can go on like that forever. Really. At least as long as I can remember. People have been getting into that stuff for on and 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 never stops. Until we're so short of breath we finally remember to breathe. I'm sorry, I don't follow. So moment to moment. Right right now we can go into any hypothetical situation. We the mind can do anything to jump out of just feeling. When you're in whatever situation you find yourself in in the moment, the moment that it's really happening, then try what I'm saying. I get yeah. that part. Yeah. I'm just talking to the other person. What about that? But that's a different story. Isn't, I don't know. You tell me. I'm, but are you talking I, about the other person, a person you're trying to be responsible for? If it's your that life. I'm now trying to figure out how they can heal their lives? Or are you talking about another person that you believe you're stuck living with and they're being a real shithead and you're having to deal with it? What kind of other person are we talking about? Exactly that, whether it's your, your daughter who's living with you in your family, not someone that, you know, you can disengage with in a sense of, you know, they're in your home, this is part of your family. So you're having a, an, an agreement or verbally abused by someone on a daily, ongoing, whatever basis. That's part of your life. So yeah, you can be present in that feeling, but what about that? Have you ever tried it? No, I haven't. But I'm just so saying, try it out. Yeah. Try it out. I've had relationships with people where we're absolutely just <clears throat> with each other. I don't say a word. I just go into absolutely feeling what is it that's coming up for me here. And not what in terms of I want to describe it, but just what in terms of let me feel it. And my relationship with them is absolutely different from that moment on. They no longer behave that way, and they continue to behave that way with everyone else in their world. With me, different story. 
and that can be someone as close as my mother. My relationship with her, when I got into just really feeling what's going on, why I feel so fucked off and angry and frustrated and all the other stuff that would go on, when I stop projecting that and mentally masturbating over that and just get into being really real and taking full responsibility that I am the manifester of this universe, be still and know that I am God. And from that place, knowing, well, as God, this is what I'm experiencing. Let's be present to that and feel it. And in doing that, Boom, from that minute on, my relationship with my mother is beautiful. My brothers had the same kind of relationship with her. The same shit plays out. With her and me, it just doesn't happen. I, don't, I haven't done anything different. I haven't said anything to her. I haven't gone and processed anything with her. I just allowed myself to feel. And I now have an entirely different relationship for the last 14 years with that person in my life. Okay. I think, is this what you're so let's say somebody says something to you and it's about to tick you off or you're angry you don't need to say anything no. to them you just go within there may be things to say okay. I mean in Huna we have the principle first deal with the energy then if you still think there's an issue address that but the energy is yours and whatever you're experiencing energetically that's your life force trying to incarnate. And if I, if I start trying to deal with them from a place of energy, I'm just going to spew all my life force out, and I abort my own incarnation. And then I wonder why it gets so messy all the time. So if we get back to just, okay, this is my, this is my life force. It feels pretty screwy, but this is me I'm feeling. Whatever the issue was, whatever, they, the person keeps leaving their uh, dirty laundry on the stairs, for instance. Typical family scenario, freaks mother out. She's a bit anal retentive. Kids are kind of leaving stuff everywhere. Da-dee-da-dee-da. So, well, whatever I'm feeling, that's me I'm feeling. I'm 100% responsible for that because that's all I really have the ability to respond to is myself. All experience is self-experience. So in dealing with that and in dealing with it, I, all I'm saying is be present to it and it integrates. We feel, then we heal, then things get very real. And then we get to be with reality, not with some projection. If there's still an issue, like, I don't know, take me as, as an example with, with a partner that I was with, lived with for many years, and when I first met her, she was completely chaotic. Every room, and every, every room, every place in the house would have her stuff. And after a while, it was really driving me nuts. There was nowhere I could go without stuff, cups and mugs and clothes and things, I mean, everywhere. But again, if it's driving me nuts, if that's bringing up energy in me, that's my stuff. That's me. That's my life force trying to push its way into my known world, into this body to incarnate. So I'd just be very present with that and keep feeling and keep feeling. And then I had all sorts of images of stuff from my mother. My mother's a Virgo and she's the kind of Virgo that's very precise and exact and everything has to be eh. And you walk in the house and it looks like nobody lives there. And, I, and memories of all that was coming up and all the energy of all that, it was in my body. I start feeling it. How did that feel? Ah, I don't have to analyze it. It's just feeling it, feeling it, feeling it, feeling it. After a few weeks of that, every time it comes up, I didn't have an issue with it anymore. Well, I didn't have any energy around it. But then I'd also observe by feeling into my partner that she really doesn't like living that way. It drives her nuts. It leaves her feeling frenetic, like that she's never feels just kind of contained and at peace that there's not all this stuff to do all the time. Something to clean up here, something there, da-da-da-da-da. And it had been driving her nuts all her life. And everywhere she's ever lived, she's had people getting on top of her about it. But usually with a bunch of energy. So that brings up all her energy. And again, the Malus are battling it out and getting up to their mischief. And nothing happens. Except a big feeding frenzy on each other's energy. So by me getting present with it and with the energy that was coming up in me I'm then also able to get present with what's going on in her energetically because that's all part of the picture it's all one thing happening and it's like okay she really doesn't like this so then I can very calmly sit down and say you know what's going on here how do you feel about this I, I noticed in me that that it brought up these feelings I've dealt with that and I've, I've integrated that and I'm okay with it and I, and I love you and you can leave your stuff everywhere if you want um, yet I'm getting, you know, and I, and I did have, still have some issue with it because some of those rooms we have clients coming to and different things, and I'm having to clean up, either asking her to clean up or clean up in order to use that space. 
So to me, that we're not cooperating intelligently anymore. Intelligence would say that it's really the most life-giving that this space is clear because we have a certain intention for that space and that intention doesn't fit in with having a bunch of stuff around all the time. So I can then just sit down and say, you know, with some of these rooms, we've got an intention here and I'm, I'd like you to help me see how, it's, how we're cooperating around maintaining that intention because I'm not seeing it. And, and I feel like I, I have to use an excess amount of energy to, to bring you into alignment with that intention or to simply clean up after you. And that's really not working for me. I think that's an attunement we're looking for. So once I've felt it, so if there's still an issue, and in that case, from my point of view at that time, there was still an issue that we need some of these spaces, we use them for massage and this, that and the other thing, and they've got to be tidy. And we both agreed on that. In your case, you could talk about it. And in some cases, you can't. So you do what you can within. However, there's, there's situations... Most of the time, I find the issue goes. Most of the time, I find that, that if, if, if I deal... If I'm present to what's arising, then whatever issue I, I thought was there... It's not either, it's, it just doesn't, it still happens, but it's not such an issue anymore. Or reality changes. Mm-hmm. The world shapeshifts into some other expression. And that person starts behaving differently. Sometimes there is an issue. And yeah, generally, when there's, when there's still an issue, yeah, we leave. what I observe that, that, that tied into this whole piece is that there's, there's something in it for them that they're also co-creating. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, res- they're responsible for having me in their world, going through what I'm going through. From their point of view, they've dreamed all that into being. Mm-hmm. So there's a piece in there that is quite possibly about them also being able to come into feeling and, and healing whatever that is and integrating that experience. Mm-hmm. So in the case with, 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 with that partner, for instance, through me just being present, there's no make-wrong. The make-wrong energy only comes up when I'm all energized. Mm-hmm. All that make-wrong energy that most people put into their kind of raising issues with people, there's none of that there. There's nothing's wrong here. It's just some basic agreements. We've agreed to keep the space tidy. We've got these reasons for it. Do I understand that you still still think that way? Yes. Okay. So how do we cooperate around this? Is there any way I can assist you with this? Is it helpful for you if I, if I remind you? You know, how do we do this? You tell me because this is your stuff you're creating here. And I'm here, I'm loving you, and I'm ready to cooperate. Just tell me what to do. Oh, I ask that all the time of my son. I never get an answer. <laughs> he weasels out of something. You know, I can't figure out what our basic agreement is. Mm-hmm. We're living in a house together, but I don't know what the basic agreement is. I feed him and clothe him and do his laundry and clean up after him, and he takes and takes and takes and gives a lot of, I don't really want you in my life, Mom. So my interest is that we, we bring all this back to how you can integrate your own emotional energy. Mm-hmm. That if we're going to go down the path of looking at how you can change and transform and shapeshift your world and heal all the relationships you've got, that's another three days of hanging out together. Mm-hmm. For now, I think you've got more than enough to integrate to simply start practicing, should you so choose to do so, being present with what you feel that you have configured your reality with the most divine magnificent perfection it's incomprehensible to you and you've configured it to perfectly bring you into being if you're willing to be present to what you feel in response to what you've created and as you do that whatever other knowledge and information and wisdom you require to handle all these things that currently your mind believes you need to handle, even though we're sitting peacefully in this room, mm-hmm. it'll be there. And sometimes we have to basically just take responsibility and say, this is not working. You know, because when two people live together, or a child or mother, there has to be something that has to kind of Sometimes we have to take our responsibility and say, you know what, 
maybe you do have to find, if they're older, a place of your own. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, I love you as a partner, but right now it's not life-fulfilling to be with you at this point. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is the point where all our stories come up, like, oh, we won't be a responsible parent, we won't be good, we, you know, you know, my God, I'm divorced, I'm separate, you know. And there's all the programming, all, that, oh, you know, all the viral you know, thinking that's like, corrupting oh God, the original yeah. intent. And, you know, I've been in relationships where the bottom line is, as I end up saying, well, if we're not going to cooperate, then there's no, there's no further reason to have this form of intimacy. Cool. So just be present with what's coming up. The mind, as I said, can go on forever thinking up scenarios. The reality is this is what's happening right here and now. The reality is in a moment you're going to be eating food. Be present to the feeling of that. Every time, Whatever's happening in the moment, be present to that. Feel that. What are you feeling? And, and it all unfolds. It's everything I've shared with you for the last two and a half days has has come from me just feeling inside my body. And that's why I consider it.